0: everyone and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter and I am here today with my special guest, Charmaine Hammond. Welcome, Charmaine. Thank you. It's great to be with you. (laughs) Thank you. Now, I've known Charmaine for a few years and and just discovered something new about her today, which is always fun and exciting. And uh, I've seen Charmaine in the role of um, speaker, author. Uh, radio host, um, oh, my goodness, a uh, 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 networker extraordinaire. <laughs> and I find out that a bulk of what you do, Charmaine, is actually around um, respectful workplace, conflict resolution, and things of that nature, which I never knew. Right. I know that one side of your business is also about collaboration, And sponsorship. And that's also where I knew you and what I know the most about you. Exactly. So tell me a little bit, though, about respectful workplace. Let's start there because I know you have an interesting background that you might want to start from. (laughs) Sure. Sure, it. so <laughs> my
1: background is actually I started out working in jails, Janice. I was a correctional officer. and oh, that just <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> Especially because I'm 4'11 and three quarters, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small but mighty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I worked in the correctional system for 10 years, and honestly, that was not a very collaborative environment to work in. And, um, But I, I, I really developed a passion for seeing how conflict – can be resolved when it's done through a structured process and when respect is at the base of it. When I left the correctional system, I then went back to school and got trained as a mediator, went back and got a master's degree in conflict analysis and management, and was facilitating the resolution of some of Canada's most complex workplace conflicts. from government to nonprofits, multi-party stakeholder groups. And one of the things that, again, came out of all that work was how powerful collaboration is. And fast forward, that business is now 22 years uh, old, so I do a lot of work still in that area. And several years ago, I opened raise a dream with Rebecca Kirstein, my business partner and co-founder, because both of us were working with organizations and entrepreneurs to help them raise their dreams, launch their projects. And we discovered that we do collaboration um, in a very similar way. And of course, the two of us met and and uh, we just thought, this would be so wonderful to actually have a business that is grounded in collaboration with two co-owners. So that's how that all came to be.
0: And that would seem to me a nice balance from uh, the, the work you do with corporate.
1: Yeah, some of the work I do with corporate is very difficult work, Um, you know, a lot of technical knowledge and and dealing with conflict. People um, often become stuck and their feelings are hurt and there's sometimes a lot of history. And then there's my other world with Raise a Dream where I have people getting excited and inspired about making the world a better place through working with other people, supporting nonprofits and collaborating.
0: So I remember hearing you speak about um, the Raise a Dream um, company and about taking a, a, a trip, your first trip that you had completely sponsored. Yeah. So before you tell me about that, I want to just add one little piece, and that is that, um, you know, my audience... I teach all about building relationships and and uh, nurturing those relationships along the way, and so what I'm curious about with the, I want you to tell me about tell my audience a little bit about that trip, but how important your relationships that you had built along the way were in finding those collaborations and so on. Does that does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And you're absolutely right, Janice, the power of collaborations. When I did the Million Acts of Kindness tour, it was mainly rooted in relationships I had developed over the last many years and them introducing me to people in their network who became sponsors absolutely and janice i mean you're exquisite at this you teach um people how to market and to build relationships uh, on linkedin and i can't emphasize enough how important the work is that you do um to support authors on entrepreneurs speakers because without that network we're really just marketing to people that we know. But the other thing is that we can make a bigger difference in the world when we partner and collaborate with others. And you do that exquisitely through all the work you do on LinkedIn. And for those of you listening, if you're not active on LinkedIn (laughs) for -hmm. collaboration and sponsorship to work, you really ought to be.
0: Yes. Thank you. That's so important. And, um, and, you know, I mean, what I teach is for people to understand how to do that because a lot of them are uncomfortable with it. But you took your relationships that you had nurtured along the way and through networking through their networks, were able to sponsor your entire trip correct yeah that's true and you know some of the ways that uh, I'm gonna use LinkedIn
1: as an example because when you're looking to build relationships with funders with uh, sponsors one of the biggest challenges and we hear this all the time from our students at raise a dream and the question is always how do I get past the gatekeeper or how do I find the person I'm supposed to talk to because it's not on their website mm-hmm. and if it was on their website they would have thousands of people calling every week so there's reasons why sometimes the decision makers are hard to find Mm -hmm. through the website but but LinkedIn is the number one tool that Mm -hmm. I've used to get past gatekeepers or better yet not get past them work with them I build relationships with the gatekeepers so they're excited to introduce Mm -hmm. me (laughs) I just had that last week Janice I was um I could not find the decision maker with this one company. And I did LinkedIn, I I searched press releases, I just couldn't find the right contact. And I had lots of contacts in the company. And I noticed that um, one of them was the assistant, to the deputy, whatever his decision-making title was, he was way up in the organization, and she didn't list his name. But so I built a relationship with her, and now she said, "You know, you gotta talk to my boss. He wouldn't care about this project." And I said, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: smart, yeah, yeah. And I, I do one other thing too: is I'll send them brownies oh brownies yes then they're my best friend for life
1: right a little bit of chocolate goes a long way in relationship building yes yeah exactly so
0: so very yeah that's it's really about um that no like and trust factor before you can get past any anybody to to because i know for me people will ask me to connect them with someone in my uh community or in my connections and And I have to feel comfortable about that person before I'll let go of someone in my, uh, in my connections, because I I see that as precious and I don't want to mess it up. Right. Absolutely. Well, you don't want the person
1: that you're introducing
0: the individual to,
1: to come back and say, uh, I I don't get this. Why did you connect me to them? Or wow, I hopped on the phone with them and they started selling me stuff yes. immediately. And you you were you were connecting them not for that purpose. I've actually had that before uh, several times where I've introduced people in my network mm-hmm. to influencers on the understanding that this was to deepen a relationship and i got an email immediately from thank goodness a very dear friend who is still a dear friend but she said charmaine this person wasn't even on the phone two minutes and she started trying to sell me and i said wow you know i'm so sorry because that was not the intent right i phoned that individual back and let her know please do not call any of the other people that i've connected you to because this can't happen
0: yeah, that's a really important lesson uh, because with our own networks that we've built up, it's like it can be gone with the A person in a minute if you're not sure of who you're Absolutely. Connecting. Yeah, like we were just talking about connecting you with somebody and I have no qualms about doing it. It's a perfect connection. But if I didn't know you well enough, I would think twice about it, you know? Yeah, really. yeah. Um, so give me a couple of examples, if you can, of Uh, clients that you have had in your Raise a Dream program who have been successful in uh, getting the 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 collaboration or the sponsorship that they needed because it's kind of fun to hear about spec- specific examples. You don't have to name names. It is,
1: yeah. No, there's so many fun stories. I mean, one of the one of the examples, and we've seen several of our students do this. Our our clients do this. Um, they were speakers, and they often got asked to speak at um, association events or entrepreneur events that didn't have a speaking budget. So essentially, they would speak for no fee. Yeah. And so they were looking at how do i how do I say yes, but not have my business uh, suffering so they built relationships with companies who have a very keen interest in being in front of the audience that our clients were speaking at. And one of them has now had three full fee engagements paid for by the sponsor. In this case, it was a lending company. And they determined that every time she booked a speaking engagement or was considering one that had no budget, she would talk to this particular business and say, is this an interest? Is it a, this a fit? And when it was, they sponsored her speaking fee. So just by paying her, like writing her a check? Right, so they paid her speaking fee, and they also did some cool things, too. They kind of sweetened the pot by purchasing bulk copies of her book and then having her books at their trade show booth, which enticed people to come. So here they had purchased books, and then they were giving them away to people. They purchased them from her. So this was a great way to um, stand out in front of the event host and definitely she got a lot more marketing from the event organizer because of the fact she's now brought on you know the the speaking fee was between her and the sponsor right she now brought in all these books that people got in the audience and so it's it's about being creative but But wait wait, stop one second and tell me so what did they expect her to do Oh, good question. What was the return on investment for the sponsor? Right. Interestingly enough, so I'm gonna give two examples because they're very, very different. In the one case, um, it was a lending company, a banking company. They actually didn't want a lot of promotion. They didn't want their logo you know, on the handouts or her slides. They said simply, these are the types of clients that we're looking for to build a relationship with. If you in your audience meet people, that fit this sort of criteria we would welcome an introduction and just for you to give our business card to them that's it so so she said well jeepers what if i only give out like two business cards and they said we know the Mm -hmm. the time and effort that it takes to build new clients in our industry Mm -hmm. so if those are the right connections that's fine now the other Um, example this is a completely different sponsor and this was I think a computer company what they were looking for for sponsoring the speaker and the books was actually creating a bookmark that had their company branding on one side the author speakers branding on the other side with how to book her for speaking how to buy the book and they wanted that to be slipped in a thousand books that she sold throughout throughout the year. So it wasn't just actually that one event. This was longer term and he paid the speaker author cash for that. And paid for the bookmarks. Yes. Paid for the bookmarks, which was pretty minimal. I think the invoice was $188. So pretty low. And then the rest of the, um, the sponsorship was hers. And he, he said, you know, for in his business, it wasn't important to have his logo placed in other places. One of our other clients actually has a, um, a car dealership selling her books, which is interesting. Her book is not about cars, (laughs) but they discovered they both support the same nonprofit organization. And so what's really interesting is the way that she's marketed the sponsor through things like videos, doing videos when she brings another box Mm. um, to the dealership. Another one of our clients has a car dealership that also sponsors her. And she does events in their dealership. So they're totally in love with this because she's bringing every month, it's a networking group. Yeah. So every month she's been bringing potential um, clients into that car dealership and they do a lovely, fancy do, you know, rented tables and chairs, hors d'oeuvres, and they make it a real lovely
0: evening. That's a real win-win. It is. Yes, and uh, I, I love these ideas, and I'm sure my clients will too, because there's so much that one doesn't think about that is available. Yeah. And actually, I think, little plug here for you, I think you have a, um, a handout uh, on your website. We now, do. that website, Raise a Dream right? Raiseadream.com is it? That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Raiseadream.com. There's a free ebook there that really walks you through this whole
0: seven step model of sponsorship. Great idea. And something came to me when you were telling me those sample, those examples. Um, So what if, what if a client like me doesn't have a book? Yeah. Okay. And that's not to say, you know, I'm not sorry. I don't have a book because I've never had a book. I never feel I have a book in me. I'm more of right. a talker. But that's enough. <laughs> that okay? And there have been times, and people have said to me, "You should write a book." Anyway, um, what else would you know? Because I'm my brand, right? And uh, what else would would uh, give the sponsor, the potential sponsor? The What what would make them say, sure, I'll sponsor you if I don't have a book?
1: Yeah, and you totally don't need to have a book. Lots of our clients are not speakers and they don't have a book. They're entrepreneurs with a great message. And I think what's key is, so Janice, when I look at you, um, I get really excited about all the potential for you with sponsorship because there's so many things that different businesses value. So one of them is... Most of the sponsors we've talked to say that they really value um, having a relationship with the company, i.e. you, who has an audience built in. So you actually have several audiences. Mm -hmm. You have your clients, Mm -hmm. you have a social media following, you have a podcast following Mm -hmm. and there may be different people that you serve in one area and versus others. You also have a very, very strong connected Um, database on LinkedIn you're very active on LinkedIn and so the trick is always uh, the challenge I guess is always finding companies that are interested in the clients that you're in front of so that where there's a shared interest on the audience that's being served that's really one of the reasons why a sponsor says yes The other thing, though, Janice, is that with a podcast, for example, you have the opportunity to tell a story about your sponsor. Instead Mm -hmm. of saying, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Mm -hmm. you could actually tell a story or a tip or say, you know, when I was speaking to the CEO of xyz bank and you don't even have to say your sponsor um he shared a great tip with me for entrepreneurs that i wanted to share with you all And and then at the end you can just say that was a tip from bob the ceo of such and such a bank and so you can actually weave them into your content um you also have a lot of marketing that you do in terms of social media so you can weave them into your outgoing content as well the What's really important in sponsorship is to look at um, what does the sponsor really need? So you've got to be able to research that potential sponsor, Mm -hmm. understand their audience, see where your audience and theirs might align, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: then really to build that relationship, which you do so exquisitely, um, to understand then what is it they need. So, for example, if they don't care that their logo is placed all over the place, just like the companies that I gave you a couple of examples of, but in you know they have a very specific marketing issue they're trying to solve, what you want to do is figure out how can what I do help them solve their relations or their marketing challenges Sorry
0: Those are great, great ideas, and I didn't mean this to be about me, but I think in in doing so that. A lot of people will relate to that that don't have a book. So that's right. Awesome. And
1: it's helpful to have an example to wrap it around, I yeah, think, exactly. rather than talk generically.
0: Right. Yeah. Stories. What is it? Story, story. Stories connect people. Facts tell, stories sell.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so become a good storyteller.
0: Yeah, you are. Now, <laughs> speaking of that, um, I went to a launch of a new book that you're involved in just last yes. Um, So, tell us about that because that's pretty powerful as well.
1: It is. And the book Voices of the 21st Century, which is the collaboration book that I'm a part of with 49 other authors, incredible women authors. Many of them um, are telling their story, whatever their story is about resilience, overcoming challenges, growing their businesses. And what I love about this book, it's published by WSA Publishing it is the whole way that this book was developed from start to finish is just rooted in collaboration. And for people who may not want to have their own book, I have several of my own books, but I'm also part of collaboration books. Um, Partly because I just love the whole process of collaborating with other people. And then when I get the book and I start reading their stories, I'm so inspired. And you know, I just, the social energy that happened from 50 authors including WSA publishing all around the same time, uh, promoting this book. The outcomes were powerful. It was, it became a bestseller very quickly, but what was beautiful to watch was the way that the authors were each supporting themselves and it really got, or supporting each other. Yeah. You know, and I got thinking about Uh, you and I had a conversation, uh, it was a few years ago, I think at one of Pamela's events, Pamela Chattery's events, and we were talking about being a champion for people. Mm -hmm. And you and I have some very, very similar beliefs on that, Janice. When, When you are a powerful champion for other people, other people start lining up to support what you're working on. And that's been my experience. I know it's been yours. And that's part of how we use these relationships to really make a difference in the world.
0: Well said. I, uh, I, As you were talking about the book, I mean, all I could think of was there's there's 49 other people you were instantly bonded with I that know. are now part of your network because whether you know them all, you probably didn't know them all. And some of them, I oh. think, from different countries even, right? Absolutely. Right. I think I knew maybe six of them. Yeah, and so, Yeah, so it's really yeah. a, a, a perfect situation. I never really thought about And I have been asked to be part of collaboration books before, and I never sort of thought that was the way to go, but I can see that it has definitely has its own purpose in terms of relationship building. Definitely. It really
1: did. And you know, what was very cool, Um, one of the, uh, the activities that we all did, as soon as all the authors in the book were confirmed, as we all exchanged each other's LinkedIn handles all of our social media handles so instantly as you mm-hmm. <laughs> You've kind of identified we were connected to 49 other people But it's not just 49 oh. other people 49 people and their extended Exponentially, network Exponentially,
0: right. Yes it, that's what absolutely. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell me what you're working on um, Now anything <sighs> any new projects on the horizon or anything yes.
1: focused okay. on A couple of new projects that we're working on. One of them is um, over over the last year or so, Raise a Dream has been getting a lot of requests from nonprofit organizations and service clubs to learn what we teach entrepreneurs about collaboration and sponsorship. So we're just right now creating the programs for nonprofits and uh, Mm -hmm. service clubs, which is rooted in what we already teach entrepreneurs about collaboration, partnership, and sponsorship. So that's one of the projects that I'm working on. And then a couple of new presentations about how to use collaboration in your business. So how to teach entrepreneurs how to build collaboration in their own business, how to run, not so much how to run a business together, but how to do business together in a way that supports both companies and really helps make a bigger difference in the world. And And the reason this came out, Janice, is as you've probably seen this, you've been in business for a long time and you've probably seen people that you know strike up a collaboration because they love working with each other and then they don't have any structure. Somebody gets busy or something falls off the tracks and then the collaboration ends and so does a friendship. And Rebecca and I have both seen that happen so many times and we became uh, really committed to the idea of teaching entrepreneurs how to effectively collaborate so that Um, their relationships are maintained and that they know how to set up a structure so that it succeeds.
0: And to separate that friendship from the business, right? Right. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because I've just seen it so many times where we're good friends have partnered on projects and then just life happens. It's not by, you know, a failure of either party. It's just life happens. um, And attention can go elsewhere. So Rebecca and I, when we were putting Raise a Dream together, we knew that what we wanted to do was find all the reasons where people can get stuck, where all the reasons where entrepreneurs and small businesses get stuck, and then maybe we can help create solutions so that if they're stuck, they stay stuck uh, for less time (laughs) or they don't get stuck at all.
0: So um, one of the things that I I like to ask my my, uh, podcast guests is to tell me a little bit about this word. What does this word mean to you? Curiosity. Oh,
1: it's one of my favorite words, I have to be honest with you. And it means two things in my world. Okay. So in my Hammond International business, where I speak and train on conflict resolution mm-hmm. and resilience, it is a it's such an important word because when I'm teaching conflict resolution and facilitating teams and collaboration. It's a word that I use constantly, inviting people just to be curious, to ask questions without any attachment to what the answer might be. Just, It's like peeling the onion, you know, just kind of keep peeling those layers. And in the collaboration side of my life, in the Raise a Dream side, Rebecca and I, we have this little motto where we say, talk to strangers. <laughs> because, and the reason we say that is that um, when you're speaking to sponsors, They're strangers to you. You often don't have a strong relationship with them. So you're having to develop the relationship. And so it comes from, those conversations come from a place of curiosity. So when you're asking questions like, where did you go to school? Or, oh, I see that you're from Vancouver as well. What part of Vancouver? And you're asking questions out of pure curiosity. And it completely helps build a relationship.
0: It's looking for that starting point, right? For building rapport. Yeah, and
1: it gets weird where where things get weird is when we have this when we're when we're not being purely um, curious, we're leading them down a path, we want them to go down. And that's not what curiosity curiosity, I just think of little kids, two and a half year old kids, like my little nephew, George, who just everything is exciting, (laughs) you know,
0: and he asks questions. Why? Why? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you you hit on another point, too, when you said that sometimes it goes in a strange way. That's when it's not authentic, right? And that's the key to to a true curiosity question, like the two-and-a-half-year-old, is being authentic so when you said talk to strangers i don't know if you've seen this i almost bought it at costco yesterday but malcolm gladwell's new book
1: i just saw that and i thought i gotta read that book because rebecca and i've been we did a video about uh, two and a half years ago and uh, we were working on our book together and we got to the point about talking to strangers so we were modeling what talking to strangers looks like, you know, the people behind you in the grocery lineup, the yeah. people at the bank behind you. Nobody,
0: and, nobody yeah. goes to the bank anymore.
1: Oh, just me. <laughs> I know I'm old school. <laughs> I like that personal interaction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and so where was I the other day? Speaking of, personal interaction it's like I, I was in some store and someone and myself we were looking for someone there's never any personal interaction oh. in the store anymore nobody works here it's like crazy so, <laughs> you know. um yeah so that book looks interesting but I think it's going to be a surprise like I read a little review on it actually yesterday and oh yeah and and it's something about that we don't always get the truth when we're speaking to stranger, strangers and and he's using he has a way I love his books anyway and he has yeah. a way of using uh historical examples on different things so oh yeah, we'll have to do a little book review when we both read it yes exactly <laughs> um and another thing I like to ask you at speaking of books is do you read nonfiction do you read fiction do you do you uh. read- I read both. I read I read. Uh, I haven't
1: been reading as much lately because I've been busy writing, and so I tend to go in cycles. But um, I was just reading a great book by Lois Kramer, and um, it's fantastic uh, right here. And the other one I've been reading is so book more business um, by okay. Lois. Is one book that I've been reading. Great book, okay. and I love it because it's all just. Um, Factual, so that's sort of my growing the business book, and then the other book that I've been reading is actually the book I'm in, Voices of the 21st Century, learning all of the different authors, and I've got to tell you, I am so moved by some of the stories in this uh, in this book. Some of the people that have written about the the obstacles that they've overcome or the journey for them to become a business. And I find that fascinating. I don't know about you, but I always find it interesting to see how entrepreneurs end up
0: where they end up. Like how did, of course. Yes. Yes. Um, so we have a common friend who's in that book with you, Tracy. Um, Yes. And Tracy had a journey and I knew her when that was happening. That's when I first met her for someone to help me with, um, my social media before my LinkedIn days and uh, she was amazing and still is. And I think that's take, she had a brush, a health issue that, that um, really uh, colored her life in a different way and has sent her on a path. Right. And
1: absolutely. And and so
0: she's
1: very cool. And she, Tracy is in both uh, voices of the 21st century book and she also published her own book, which is, a book about um, people who have experienced some kind of a silver lining which is yeah. the title of the book of cancer and it, I, it's just so amazing to see that you know Tracy in this one yeah. world has this really successful social media business and now she's got this whole yeah. other side which is the world of her,
0: so it's always fun to see you know those yeah. kinds of things happen but yeah. you had a, a, a Near death experience many years ago, I think. Yes? I
1: did. It was a sailboat accident uh, mm-hmm. 22 years ago. And um, yeah, we were sailing at our place in Lac La Biche, which is in Alberta. And, um, the boat flip, which is no big deal for a catamaran. It's what happens. And it's supposed to be fun when that happens. Although for a newbie sailor, it was not fun, oh. but the challenge happened when we were trying to get back up on the boat and the boat took off with me dragging behind it. Oh my goodness! And so Chris and I, my then boyfriend, now husband, we became uh, separated in the lake and and uh, he swam all the way to where I was when I got torn away from the boat, which we figured was a mile. Mm. And then we began the journey of swimming for our life <laughs> and got engaged out of that though, Janice, because oh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to get a marriage
0: proposal, right? Bonding <laughs> yeah, experience, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: oh, that's, that's so
0: fun. So um, maybe just to wrap up, uh, Charmaine, uh, if you had, some your key advice to my listeners about um, how to how to grow their business in the best possible way my my listeners are entrepreneurs and business owners and speakers and sales professionals so what's the best tip you would give them
1: I I think it's going to come down to relationships and so keep relationships going. For example, when you've worked with a client, maintain that relationship. When the contract is over, that doesn't mean the relationship is over. And I have, I honestly, I have generated so much work simply by going back and connecting with clients. And I actually schedule this in my planner. I schedule Mm -hmm to circle back, whether it's sending them an article, sending them a card, hey, can you believe it's a year since that awesome event? Hope you're having a great 2019. So I look for different ways that are not selling. I don't slip my business card in there. It's purely relationship. Um, I often will go much later onto their Facebook or their LinkedIn and do a recommendation from them. And again, you talked about authenticity, Janice, critical when you're doing endorsements for people, you've got to fully be able to stand behind that. So it's all about relationships and asking for connections. So when you want to be connected to someone, do what you teach. I mean, you're exquisite at this. You go into LinkedIn Find the company you want to connect with. And and chances are you know you're a second degree connection. Exactly. Ask your first degree connections how to if they would be willing to facilitate an intro.
0: Exactly. So that's great advice. Thanks, Charmaine. And you're welcome. how would how can my audience find you?
1: Best way would be our website, which is raiseadream.com or through our
0: Facebook or LinkedIn page, which is the same, Raise a Dream. Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes for sure. So A a pleasure. I never know where it's going to go. And I always I'm thrilled that you gave such great value in terms of how to collaborate with with um, with companies and with people to help grow your business. That really helped me a lot. Actually, Uh, I have to listen to this again and make notes. So thank you again. (laughs) And I like to end my my show by saying one thing to my audience that actually wraps up everything we've talked about. And so thank you and stay connected. Be remembered thank you so much for listening to the podcast today if this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship and you think that others can benefit from listening please share this episode if you have feedback or questions about the episode please leave a note in the comment sections below If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes and remember to stay connected and be remembered.